1: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 323 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host Jason and I'm joined once again by the lovable, the huggable Excalibros, Dan and Georgie. Hey guys. Hey. I'm huggable and Dan is lovable. Yeah, we well. interchangeable. <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs> could go either way. <laughs> Awesome. Well, this is our our March Madness Round 2 episode. So, um, yeah. If if everything goes according to plan, and and let's be honest, when does it? But but if it does, you will have not one, but two episodes in your feed to sum up everything Wolverine and X-Men related from March that you could ever want to hear us talk about. So.
0: (laughs) We do have like 64 comics to cover.
1: Oh, my goodness. I'm. I'm falling asleep just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we jump into the comics, um, just briefly, uh, Twitter was, and social media has been a buzz on, on the, uh, I guess they're, they're two miniseries uh, by Jonathan Hickman that are X-Men related. Um, when you guys think about that, you guys excited? Um how do you feel? I know, Georgie, you're probably the least Hickmanite between the three of us. Um, I, I like his indie work
0: more than I like his Marvel stuff, to be honest. Right? Yeah? Yeah.
1: Fair enough.
2: Well, um, as I've worshipped at the Church of Hickman many <laughs> times, <laughs> um, I weirdly, I was saying to Georgie as well, weirdly, this is kind of like, there's no like, it's when it was announced as two minis, and one's called, was it, X, X-Pox or something? Or one's called Pox and one's called Hox or something? Um, and I was just like, this sounds really, doesn't, I just
1: wanted to take off Uncanny and wipe the slate clean and everything, <laughs> like <Right>. a tsunami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we have, we have House of X and Powers of X. Um, Someone told me it's not Powers of X, it's Powers of
0: 10, is what Sibolsky oh. clarified it as, which is ridiculous. What does uh, that
1: mean? It's a Wolverine book, then, right? Oh. Weapon. <laughs> weapon X. Weapon 10. Yes,
2: Weapon 10. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't mind. Um, I really like the, the, the teaser image by Mark Brooks, because um, it's Mark Brooks. But, like, it doesn't bother me. Marketing spiel of it's the best thing he's ever written. I'm like, mm,
1: is it? Will it be? Uh,
2: <laughs> hasn't I don't he know. done that? He, um,
1: I, I think he's still doing it with East of West, personally. But uh, right, um, if it's East of West but with X Men, then maybe. We'll...
2: <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> I think there's a, a new apocalypse story.
1: No, uh, oh, then well. it would be called. Well, House of X could be like a Game of Thrones type book, right? <laughs> yeah, that can work. Um i am excited about the art um though i think one of you mentioned that the both these guys seem to get a little bit dicey if their schedule is too tight so hopefully they have room in advance time and all that because they're both really good artists when they're when they bring their a-game uh pepe laroz and rb silva um so i don't know i'm kind of like i'm cautiously optimistic um if you had told me, kind of like Dan said, that, "Hey, Hitman's taking over the X Men," I'd be super excited. I don't. I guess I just have to kind of wait and see what impact this actually has on stories going forward after he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and the idea that some people are saying that he's just going to basically, I mean, we just had Grand Design like condense X Men history. And we're gonna turn right around right now and like start retconning a bunch of stuff to like line up with what we want to do now. I don't know if I'm really in for that. But I mean I don't know, that's all speculation. But but I mean I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. I do like Hickman a lot. I like this artist a lot. So I'm hoping we get something good, but it just know. feels
0: I I think you guys saw the, the timeline image, but it's like the third or the second of four events supposed to happen this year. Right. And- I, I'm just like kind of tired of X Men events. It's just like <laughs> perpetual events now. So that's that's what has me frustrated. Yeah.
2: When, when does it come out? J- July. Yeah, July. Yeah, it's not that far away. Not that I'm not that I'm being nice to Rosenberg, but he doesn't even get enough chance to like breathe before that happens. Like his book. And oh, Uncanny going to carry on while these books. Are I think
0: Uncanny carries on.
2: So, so it's basically gonna be like when um, uh, astonishing X Men first came out, where it was just like, I ignore everything. This, uh-uh. this is just, this <laughs> is just gonna be my redo. Nothing,
0: it. nothing has been said about Uncanny continuing or not continuing, but right. no, no word probably means it's still gonna continue.
1: But why bring Hick- Hickman back if you're just gonna do two minis with him? That's, I think, the biggest question to me is what does this inevitably lead to? And if all he's doing is like reshaping the universe somewhat, I mean, it could still be good and he's still a good writer. But I, I to me, I really want to, I'm really curious to see like when all the dust settles, are we right back where we are right now? Is it something different? Is it just more of the same, which honestly, X-Men history right now, what have me lean. I mean, I hate to be like the, the douchebag who doesn't have any optimism, but I, I, I don't know if I really believe that even Hickman can really write the ship in just two miniseries. Um, so, I don't know. But I guess I should be happier. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, I guess it's just
0: the wait-and-see wait and game. Yeah. Then.
1: Yeah. yeah that's, I mean, that's a reasonable, rational, un... un Online way to handle things, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm bored of being told to wait and see if if, if a gay if a gay character's in a book
2: these days. Oh um, man, that's, that's right. my I I'm bored of that waiting and seeing. Right. That's, Marvel's, that's Marvel's um thing though at the moment is that something might happen. Wait and wait and see. <laughs> so maybe maybe what we find out is Hickman didn't even write any of them. He's just like there in the book itself. <laughs> Wouldn't it be on,
0: hilarious now? if it was like? Like, story by Hickman, but written by Rosenberg or something like that.
1: <laughs> no. Or a <laughs> story by Martin Guggenheim, but Hickman is the character telling us what happens.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Well, um, so we do have a lot to cover today, and we'll probably cover things fairly quickly. Um, so listeners, strap in. Um, we're going to kind of... Uh, we're going to uh, keep you with the March Madness theme. We're going to full court press these books. So, um, and, you know, if you don't watch basketball, then just ignore me. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to start off with uh, pretty much the whole month of March for Uncanny X-Men. That's going to be issues 12, 13, and 14. Now, all of these covers are by Salvador Oroca. We have one with wolverine with big old claws and cyclops with a tiny little optic blast in the background and then we have one with cyclops's crotch above a bunch of digital uh basically i'm assuming that's the web uh the x-men dating online dating profile pics um actually mystique's there she's the only one looking like oh uh, um well mojo mojo's he's he's a. He's hamming for the camera as well, and then our last cover is the one that we've been seeing forever in images. Um, it's well, got, got, in it. that got What's that? Trouble, that? That, oh, that, that image got me in trouble. Yes, it did. You guys, you guys might like to get in a lot more trouble than I do. But um, <laughs>
0: but to be fair, Darren was like, "So what's what's the?" <laughs> it was a like a, it was a little bit like kind of tongue in cheek, but it was like, "Hey, what's the?" Looking at at the cover what does this mean for the tone of the book?
2: Right. And the, yeah. the
0: writer was like, what do you mean? What does this mean to the tone of the book? It's just oh, the cover.
2: You.
1: X-Men what? Red Funds are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I remember all that. Um, <laughs> it so. was a really honest question. Like, hey, it
0: looks kind of like ominous. Is, is the book going to be a little ominous? What do you mean ominous? Don't ask questions about artwork. So that was, it was an odd exchange.
1: I think my favorite part about this cover, and you guys may have mentioned this when y'all were talking about the cover, but um it looks like Cyclops is crying out of his visor. because he's uh, <laughs> not happy. It's yeah. Not happy. But of course we have Wolverine behind him and um, Franken Havoc or Troll Havoc, maybe, and then the new mutants. I think my favorite thing about this cover is that multiple man and Donnie Moonstar or Danny Moonstar are like Looking away from everybody else, and multiple men, multiple man Jamie kind of has his head cocked, like, oh, what's that over there that we can't see? Um, anyway, these covers are fine; they're okay. Um, so yeah, so I think <laughs> let me let me double check. I think all these creative teams are exactly the same. Um, we have Matthew Rosenberg, writer Salvador Larocca on art, Michelle Rosenberg on colors. VCs Joe Caramania on letters. I think that's the same on all of them. Uh, no. No. Guru Effects does the colors on 13. And then they also do the colors on 14. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me so much. Um, so what we have here is basically an issue 12. Um having gotten away from all of the bad guys um from issue 11 um wolverine is sewing cyclops up and there's some pretty good band tour there um cyclops is like everybody's dead wolverine's like maybe not everybody and so they go they go to the one facility to break out the new mutants in havoc. and havoc that i mean there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens but that's really the gist of it um they break everybody out. They're still kind of, um, uh, not phalanx, but, um, uh, techno organicized or whatever. And then Havoc's like a, a human battery. Um, but they, they get everybody and get everybody out. And, you know, the one guy's like, huh, well, they had a new strong guy behind because he died. And then, uh, we move on to 13. And, um, and this one basically our team is recuperated uh most of the characters kind of sound okay except for havoc who doesn't sound like havoc at all um then cyclops makes a list and puts it on the pool table and it's all the bad guys you can think of it's actually kind of an interesting little list um but that's their plan they're going to be proactive they're going to take the fight to everybody else um and try to redeem what's left of the x-men so they go after dark beast first um, and he has a lab where he is made like robot multiple men, multiple mans, multiples, whatever. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> Kari, multiples was, man. Multiples man. That's correct. Georgie wins the grammar award. Um, <laughs> so it turns out Dark Beast, I forgot that he had died, but I guess he died. But when he came back, his head we, was drawn up
0: in Like the first issue of, of Uncanny, or second issue, Bishop was on a mission infiltrating stuff and it was oh, yeah it was that background
1: story with the sugar man right okay yeah. okay gotcha well anyway someone took his head and instead of putting it on a pike they put it on a new cybernetic dark beast body which has like spider legs and, and shields and dr octopus arms and anything you could hope for um but then he gets stabbed and turned into a gorilla by magic. And then Cyclops has trouble sleeping. And then we see on the news that the X-Men are doing some bad stuff. But no, it's really the Mutant liberation front. And somehow, like, in the flicker of a screen, um, two of Four Arms' arms turn into Hope and Banshee or something. And then... <laughs> <laughs> and then we move on to number 14. Um, basically, there's a mutant running away. Uh, he's one of the old like, X-Force guys, I think. He's gray and stuff. Reaper. Reaper's his name. Um, but Scott and Logan are meeting Val Cooper in a bar and striking up a deal. You scratch my mutant back, we'll scratch your human back. Um, but... The multiple multiples man um, find the reaper. Um, he says, don't fear me. Um, Magic breaks out some cowbell. Uh, they round him up. Um, they take him back home where Dark Beast says, hey, I'm an X-Man now. Um, and they go after the next thing. They're going to go to that country from the X-Force book and take Chamber and his bro's what's left of the Morlocks to, uh, Sharnia, Sh- 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 Um, and that's what they're going to do. Uh, cause it's a nice winter wonderland. Um, there's some rebels they got to take care of magic toe them them away. So they leave chamber and his folks there. And then, um, they go back to Harry's hideaway where they're having some s- celebratory drinks, but it turns out chamber came back home with them. And then Captain America shows up because he needs to talk to Cyclops. And that's our three issues Mm -hmm. in a whirlwind. So I'll let you guys go first because I'm probably. If there's a scale, I'm higher on the scale probably than you guys are. (laughs) So I'll let you guys start.
0: I really didn't like the artwork in any of these issues. Um, Specifically, uh, the New Mutants, and any time he draws, uh, Logan just looks off uh, to me. I I don't understand the inconsistency of people having the techno-organic virus and not having it. Like, Magic also has it, (laughs) but she's never drawn like she has it. Uh, And I don't understand why Logan is always just about trying to kill everyone. Like, I don't feel that's accurate to him, even, even even his dark moments weren't always like, I have to kill everyone, that's the only answer. So I don't quite understand the characterization uh, of Logan. I, I didn't really like the dialogue and all of this. The, the, the Dark Beast stuff was sort of like, really? We're going back to this? Because we just killed him? I mean, I didn't quite... There are small moments where you feel like it's kind of an X-Men story, but then it, it it's all sort of ruined by a bunch of other like poor choices and, and lackluster artwork uh, for me. I'm, I'm not really a fan of any of these issues.
2: Interesting. I have notes. I made notes. I was good.
1: All uh, right. Good homework. homework.
2: Good homework. Um, talking about Hickman, the slightly pretend profound uh, captions at, at the beginning of each book. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it does not make you a Hickman-esque writer, Rosenberg. Unfortunately, Um that almost utterly all pointless, especially in context of the theme of each book, um, which is amazing. I agree on the art; it's utterly inconsistent. Like, the this, i don't know if someone the, start of the work is just like, I, can't, I, "I why am I doing X-Men again? Like, I did this, so maybe <laughs> I'll just push this out the door." But it felt—it it, felt—it feels often the um, continuity um is never adhered to like georgie said they either have the virus or they don't have the virus or or someone's breasts aren't that size but then they are like a supermodel like it like there are glaring artistic mistakes and i don't think although the color palette which is so muted it might as well be just constantly in shadow um does suit the tone of the book i think it really damages the art um um I think it, it's better, it's ink work is much better than it's color work like by a country mile um I think a- action is very problematic uh, it's very confusing and messy constantly giving people tendrils or robotic arms is just is just a stupid idea anyway and um all they keep all they keep fighting is mechanical things so it's kind of like a boring visual um and it's very repetitive the, the whole plot is repetitive of every other plot you've ever heard of a kill list a proactive x team led by logan and cyclops isn't that faux uncanny x-men uncanny x-forces <laughs> i can't remember um the, the the dialogue sometimes works but then everyone sounds the same issue 13 is the worst for that everyone sounds like they are just the same person talking to each other um and i would say the worst thing um is that Chamber joins for reasons, much like anything that happens, and um, Strong Guy's death is probably the most... is content for one of the most pointless deaths. in Exactly. History.
0: Like, you, um, you put them on your New Mutants team for whatever reason, and then you didn't really know what to do with them anymore, so you're just like, alright, we'll kill him for, I don't know, dramatic effect?
1: I, I promise I... you he's coming back as a bad guy. Oh, I, I put I put my whole podcasting salary on that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um,
2: that's pretty much it. Um, they're not, they're not good. That's all I'm gonna say.
1: They're just, yeah. All right. Well, um, I vaguely enjoyed them. Um, <laughs> I think there's there's problems for sure. Um, to kind of hit where I agreed. I think the art is very very inconsistent. Um. I think the writing is a little stronger than the art, uh, kind of surprised by that. But, um, you know, I thought that, you know, there's kind of, there's kind of two ways to kind of look at like Logan and Cyclops at this point. Um, or I guess I should say Wolverine and Cyclops. Um, you know, you know, everyone in their life, you know, us normal people, us normies, um, (laughs) You know, depending on what you're doing and what phase of life you're in, your circle of friends can, can shift and, and change. And, you know, sometimes there may be occasion to where you will have an opportunity to either to visit with or go see or go meet someone from like a, a previous kind of circle of friends. Right. And one of two things inevitably happens. Either you just spend the whole time having small talk and you don't really ever say anything. Um, you know, it's nice and it's pleasant, but there's nothing... Like, all you're doing is talking about the old friendship. Or, there's some people, kind of those rare, rare birds that you can maybe not see them for five or six years, but you get back in the room and it's like you just saw them yesterday. Um, and I, I do feel like one of the things that Rosenberg kind of gets right is that bringing Wolverine and Cyclops back together doesn't feel forced like it feels like okay they've they've both been through a lot they've gone through a lot they've died and come back but it's kind of like they're just old friends the relationship is carrying forward and not necessarily i i know some people think it feels stale and that's fine i think it's a perfectly valid point to me it just kind of felt like two old friends picking up um and by friends, I mean people who don't like each other very much. But um, <laughs> but I mean the relationship—I don't know—just it felt like a nice continuation of where they were, like at at schism and stuff, and kind of the um, you know, needling each other, but they're still kind of that deep-seated. I don't like you, but I respect you. Um, and even Wolverine, I almost took more of his his attempts at wanting to stab everything is, is almost taking really a stab at Cyclops, um, kind of jabs it like the, the X-Force team and, you know, Hey, you sure you don't want to kill everybody? I, maybe I just read it the way I wanted to read it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I think that part is pretty good. I think it really bothers me even more so because I kind of started to come around in astonishing that, okay, he's just doing a different take on Havoc, but then when he... This Havoc really, really is problematic to me. Um, he's just kind of a, a whiny... Uh-huh. And he's not even, like, funny anymore. I mean, at least in Astonishing, he was kind of the lovable loser, and he had some really good, like, one-liners. Now he's just like, oh, even though I've, you know, first-hand experience multiple times. And even been a part of one of the times where everyone thought the X-Men were dead and they eventually came back. This time, this time's forever. And we have to completely change our worldview and our lifestyle and our mission because these X-Men are never coming back no matter what full stop. And that just seems ludicrous to me. Not that somebody would think that, but that he would think that.
0: Right.
1: Just feels stupid and lazy. Um... (laughs) I do think that art. <laughs> I do think the art. I completely agree with Dan that the colors really kind of make it messy. It oh. kind of. I'm not comparing the two necessarily because I like one of these more than the other. Um, but. And sometimes, like, a, like you have to be really careful coloring and inking Boccolo. Right. Because if you don't do it right, it's just, you just can't read it. And, and he doesn't make him, him like a worse penciler. and just means he didn't handle it right. And so it's unreadable. I think there are parts of this story that get really, really murky. But then there's parts that are really kind of vibrant, like the one scene of magic. And where they show like the wide horizontal panels of her, like with her new like Doctor Strange magic. Um, like where the colors actually kind of pop and you can kind of tell what's going on. Um, I think LaRocca, his action poses are still pretty good. I'm not saying the action is all that clear, so I'm not disagreeing with Dan there. But like Wolverine like, slashing his claws and in his uniform look pretty good. I think where he's really struggling, and where he struggled on his recent Star Wars run, is his faces are just really... Yeah. ...unappealing. And not in a way like, oh, everybody looks like a normal person. They're not super handsome. But just... I don't know. There's just, there's weird things going on with some of his faces. Um,
0: they all look kind of ugly and almost, like, misshapen, and, like, if you could make... They always look super gloomy and, like, other uh, the right. faces, like, sagging kind of a way.
1: Yeah. And as far as the new mutants and the virus, I don't really care, so I will neither award nor take away points for that. Um, and I'm just not invested in what's going on there. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't read the mini series. I don't really know how it ended other than what you guys told me. And, you know, whatever. Um, so I guess, I guess where I end up is I like parts of this. Um, I think there are parts that show promise. I don't know if it ever really delivers the whole... Well, it doesn't for me. deliver the whole package. But there's enough here for me to have had a decent reading experience. So... But I think, because you know, we were all pretty unanimously down on the first 10 issues of this series, and in particularly what we felt like was Rosenberg's contributions, um, fairly or unfairly, take your pick. But um, I actually think a different artist, and just maybe someone punching up a little bit of the script, this could be a really good book, I think. It's not, but it could be. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm wishy-washy. You know, like, I like
0: the concept of Wolverine and and uh, Cyclops having to, like, team up and reform the X-Men after something. That's a nice hook, but I don't really like his follow-through. I don't like the character choices. And um, the whole thing just felt... You're right, the first ten issues are really bad. These are just, for me, more boring than anything. <laughs> and And that's... You know, you can always have that debate—is that the bigger sin or not? But these just—even even the panel layouts, the page layouts are so like, all right, we're going to have four panels horizontal from top to bottom, then we're going to have four panels from left to right vertical, and then uh, we'll have one splash page, and then we'll have—it's like the most basic of layouts ever. There's nothing dynamic or interesting about any, how any of these pages are laid out. It just feels like putting in the work to put in the work for the paycheck instead of having something interesting to say or to say visually or verbally uh, in these books for me
1: yeah I wonder too though if some of that is scheduling because normally you have a book that you know was weekly and now is only only dropped to twice a month LaRocca doing 11, 12, 13 14 like that's a pretty hectic pace Um, sure so I, I'm sure that's probably part of it too I'm not don't think that's an excuse but I do think it definitely contributes um, to maybe ma- taking some shortcuts and not not really looking at necessarily the paneling but just trying to f- finish what's in the panels because I think when you get really interesting like panel layout and stuff people take a lot of time to really carefully like think about how they want to do that uh-huh. and I think you' just kind of reading the scripts, all right, you gotta work, you gotta work horse these bad boys out. Um, you know, slap the squares on there, put the put the script in there, and um, you know, you know, get some breakfast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Whatever. I, I'm be, like,
0: it, It's back, it's supposed to be special, but it doesn't feel special. It just feels like putting in the work.
2: Yeah, I I feel like the problem is if you have a book and by say, this is restarted at 11 and by your fourth issue um you have half the cast is still wallpaper i think you have like mm-hmm. immense problems i i think fe- the the logical steps of certain like he took time over bringing Chamber in. he um but then he, he he immediately got the rest of the team like here but he's going to take time over hope and banshee which adds even more people into the team which he can't use he, he doesn't seem to use half of them anyway um i think there's like a, a a need to maybe slow down, like it could have been more um, fun or more interesting to see just Wolverine and Scott um, do their thing together for like three issues and plan their plan and go and get some uniform. Like the idea that they got old uniforms, that's why they have the old uniforms, was clever. It was it was a stupid like gimmick to be like that's why they're back in it, <laughs> right? Um, and I thought that was quite. I thought it was fun. I was like, that's what I'd rather like. It'd be fun that like, they have to go, I don't know, reclaim the blackbird from somewhere, or well, if you want mm-hmm. all of these nostalgic moments, I think if they just let those two characters breathe together, and right. it is it is refreshing because let's be honest when before they both died, Wolverine was um died in the wall, I will stab you whenever I see you, Cyclops, because that's what Marvel right. wanted Wolverine right. to be like, and you could even tell that Bendis was like trying to bend that that rule. Um, so it's nice to see them not like, you know, I'm a massive evil person, and because Marvel said I'm evil, and now Wolverine wants to stab me all the time. Um,
1: yeah, I, I really to that point, I really like where Wolverine's like, I'm not your biggest fan, but hey, we can do this, you know, because um, that feels honest and and. Reflective of their actual relationship, has been written through the all the years, is that they don't really get along, but they're going to work together because they have the same basic end goal, or at least, you know, trust each other as fighters or whatever. And so, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think and if that's what, because the, the book is literally just them two talking,
2: the rest might as well not be there. Right. Um, and if that's what they want, there's after because I feel like they've only got magic there, so they can teleport everywhere. <laughs> like, right you know what i mean like she's she's essentially their horse um mm-hmm. their mode of transportation i'd rather than both struggle or, or or just move forward my god i would love to see logan interact with cat with scott at the same time right? so next issue should, next issue should be interesting should be probably is going to be us, but should mm-hmm. be interesting and and i feel like um Whoever it is that's told them, "Get these people together, it has to be fast paced, blah, blah blah, if they just took some time, I know everyone hates no action or whatever, because apparently this, you know we need action all the time, but I would rather just have a nuanced character like road trip with these two guys, and then they can get the team together
0: They could even get members you know one at a time and slowly build up the team, and as you're doing that, you get to like reintroduce that character and get to know them a little bit more. And, you know, we don't really like what they're doing with, with, with Alex, but if they had given Alex a little bit more time in the book to interact with Logan and Scott, that could have been a, you know, a fun dynamic Them trying to like reevaluate where their personal boundaries are and how they interact together.
2: Um, yeah, and Alex was a leader of an Avengers team. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, so, so like, the, the cap took orders from him, so we really should be doing something else with with Alex than this sort of weird child that we have. This like man baby, um, right. like he maybe he should be the moral compass of the team, but far far be it to me to uh, tell Rosenberg not to take the gas, the pedal off the gas at this at this injuncture. But...
1: Well, yeah, but I mean to your point, there we could really, you know, part of the problem or, or issue or, or whatever. With the tone of this book, is any time they have a chance to have a light moment, they skip it. Mm. You know, yeah. You can think of what just just a page. You know, going to Dan's idea of instead of just saying, "Oh, here I'm back. I got the duffel bag with the costumes," just a page of like even a little. You know, we keep trying to toss up these nostalgic ideas. Put put some nostalgia in the book, then. That's what you're gonna do. Let Wolverine, like, find the costume and be like, oh, man. You know, or, or, you know, give the reader a glimpse of, oh, wow, cool. Like, that was down there, like, in the old locker or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, think, I think then you're taking advantage of some scenes that are a little bit different in tone and maybe even a little sentimental and, like, actual, like, true nostalgia for, like, good reasons. Um, I don't know. Those, those could costumes be... could be a
0: good catalyst for – how the X-Men used to behave and used to be viewed and what their principles used to be, you know?
2: Right, right. And other than that, they did nicely replaced the constant murder that is, um, or people getting hit, beaten to death by multiple men with baseball bats. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right. The fact, that, the fact that the Morlocks are yet again massacred, anything would have been preferable to... Yeah. To, 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 I'm to glad the that
1: principal. there are, because I like them, but how are there even still any Morlocks there? <laughs> They're all dead by now, right? I mean, multiple <laughs> times over.
0: <laughs> I think that's what, what, they don't actually give them any names so that they can just have
1: what? nameless,
0: <laughs> faceless bodies in the in the pool and then say, oh, we killed 50
2: more of them again. And what so was it, they- the, right? The, the one point that I have to make, actually, about everything is what was the point of Chamber's hate, like, Q Cyclops moment in that first issue to then literally be like, Go on then. Um, like four or three issues later, I know it's all about you scratch my back and I'll help you. But wouldn't Chamber just like stay with the Morlocks, like he was supposed to, to protect them? Maybe just.
1: But he wants his yeah. revenge. It makes no uh, just.
2: And that's not Jono, by the way. He's not a revenge-seeking goth. He's just a goth. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so, I don't know. All right, well, we should probably move on for the sake of time. Um, when you guys want to rate these three issues, you can do them together, separately, whatever you want to do. As a whole, I'm going to give them two, but it's a low two.
0: Yeah, I'm also there with, with twos, and it's an unexciting, uninspired two. Uh, it just I don't feel anything. <laughs> when I read these, I'm just like, "All right, those are pages. I guess I read those."
1: Okay. Um. Huh. I, y'all are gonna be shocked. I'm somewhere between a three and a four. Um. I'm probably trying to read. To, you know what? I don't care. Um. <laughs> go with your heart, you, man. Go with your heart. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with. Uh, it's a high three, low four. I'm not even gonna commit. Um, <laughs> um, it's right on the edge. Like I really think, if he just, if Rosenberg just called me in the room one day and let me tip him like just a little bit the right direction, we could get some really good comics. <laughs> but um, as it stands, it's it's they're fine. Um, I really do think like a different artist or even just a different colorist. I mean. There's lots, I think there's too many little things that I would prefer to be different to give it a four, um, but there's enough things I like, there's too many things I like to give it a two, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go three out of six claws, um, and I think the things that I, there, there are some parts I really like that are worth a four, but there's then some parts that are worth a two, so, you know, average it all out, so, um, Next up we have another uncanny book to talk about. Um Uncanny X Men Winter's End. Dan, why don't you kinda yeah. run us through that one?
2: Yes, Winter's End. Um written by Cynthia Grace, Art by Nick Stockman, uh this is Federica Blee, um, is Joe Sabino, um, and it's um Javier Garon and I can't my appetizer Romel uh, Romulo fajardo jr as the right <laughs> sorry about that I, see, thought, I, I thought you come from the land of, of english don't <laughs> yeah i could just say well that's not an english name but anyway um that oh, yeah um, that's a uh, that's very trumpian <laughs> <on> of you <laughs> yeah. no no that that is actually my fault because um it's because they make like um the second word is like black capitals and the first one's like tiny right and my eyes my eyes don't work that well when it's not zoomed in um and we have a funk of of basically um current x-men fighting their bendis future like selves essentially um so we've got two classes gene fighting a phoenix which is quentin is it in the future
1: i think um, so
2: two jubilees two icemans storm and storm's that's awkward storm's child um, that was an <laughs> or- awkward fight um it's it's an okay cover it, it, it is nothing that happens inside the book but it is an okay cover it's just a fight cover
0: it's a better like it's better art than anything inside the book
2: yes yes that is actually true that is very true um so yes this is the sort of um epilogue to the whole Iceman um both runs of Iceman that Cinegrace uh, did he managed to get a uncanny x-men slapped on it uh, to maybe boost some sales at the final hurdle and it's all about Bobby's birthday and we start with um as we're strapped for cat strapped for cash i am strapped for cash but i'm also strapped for time anyway um <laughs> As we strike for time, he saves some people um, and uh, mutinating scum from a flood with giant ice ogres. Um, he has a talk with his like sort of mentor, mentor, mentee, sorry. I'm getting all the wrong, wrong words today. <laughs> um, his mentee, um, which is quite a nice little sweet moment. All of this is undercut by terrible art. So that's my uh, one note about the art is the art is just not working at all. Um. Oh, those reaction shots of his face. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Like oh. hit by hit by five sticks at once. Anyway, yes. So he goes outside and Ice Master, his future self, who looks like a wizard, um, is stood there. Ice Gandalf. Ice Gandalf. Yes. And then we go to the we go to the bar of people we may recognise, depending on if the art, <laughs> the art allows us. <laughs> um, and then and then and then we we jump back to Ice. I. The, the, basically, in the future, Ice. Um. Ice Gandalf, uh, was sleeping with um, Dakin, and they run... Dakin seems to run the X-Men? And, of course, we actually get actual um, guy and guy 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 action. So, there you go, everyone. Thanks, Grace, for that. Um, It's not the most attractive, because... Oh, my God. Everyone's faces. They're like the nightmare children. Like, generally, they're (laughs) like dolls from my nightmares. Anyway, um... Deathbird and th- that dude in red that I can't remember his name. Um, Turn up yep, the That's the one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm doing it fast. They betray everyone with um, Deccan's help and Iceman's like, oh dear. So he's gone back in time to basically right a few wrongs. And um, they have a massive fight. Lots of ice. Um, then we go back to people we may know strolling into Bobby's party. And then Gene turns up uh, for specific reasons they have a little bit more of an ice fight <laughs> and um bobby serves gene some truths or as we would say some tea um which goes down deliciously um i may add because um, i thought it was hilarious and um he basically wins they just win by being nice to ice ice sorcerer uh go back to the um party um, Emma's brother gives him a check I feel like it's a blank check but it isn't, but it feels like a blank check um, for help for helping him like uh, come out and be himself, there's a massive happy birthday celebration um, we have uh, the new drag queen um, has changed her name like she was featured in the last one but she's in it now but she's got a different name but she's the same person because she's in the back of the book, weird um, lots of talking Mum and dad's happy. Every single thing that he can like wrap up, even his composite is like friendship with friendship with Bishop is also sort of semi wrapped up. And um he gives the check to oh look, he gives the check to people who are underprivileged. Like he doesn't murder the Morlocks or the, the, the oh, um, but
1: they're about to die. <laughs> yeah. Money money wasted, Iceman. Money wasted. Oh god <laughs> And then and then
2: we have a really interesting and actually quite sweet thing from um Baby Iceman's um, boyfriend sent him an email, and obviously he has all the memories of Baby Iceman, and that must have been horrible um, in the relationship form. Then we have a nice little letter by Cinder Grace, and then uh, Dark- yes, she's called Dark now because I'm sure she was called something completely different beforehand. And she is like some those old school character pages is how it ends. So essentially, we just Cinder Grace basically sprints to the finish and ties every loose end because he knows for a fact that he'll be Iceman will be straight in the next next year or so. Um. So tie, tie it all off. You might as well be straight in the next year or so. But um, yes, I, I found it very cathartic to be honest. <laughs> reading this book, I found it. Although it's ugly as sin, um, I found uh, the yeah. the, words, the words themselves were really they hit good places for me. And and finally, someone someone like actually deals with Jean doing what she did, right. And, like, Deals with like him having to go back in time and be put himself back in the closet and all of that jazz, and even deals with like the, the relationship that was forcibly split up between young um when Cullen Bun took over because he doesn't like um Iceman having
1: fun. Oh, was that the right boyfriend? though? I thought I thought young Iceman's boyfriend was Romeo. It's um, oh no, it's this other thing. which you that's it's the guy he life. left, that's the one he left in LA, right? Yes, I think so. Okay, yes cool. it was just nice to have all
2: of like that 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 stuff addressed
1: yeah yeah that was that was a really sweet kind of because the guy had offered he said hey i can't i can't be part of your crazy x-men wife but i'm still willing to be your ally and an ice man kind of heartbroken shrugged him off a little bit and then to kind of come back and say and hey, you know what i really could use like someone in my corner that kind of understands me um you know making that compromise that hey maybe we can't me together because my life is is freaking nuts but thank you for for supporting me I, I thought that was really nice and really human I think where, wherever whatever happened and why this wasn't allowed to breathe more Grace has done more to humanize Bobby than has been done in decades um, and I really really enjoyed that all those little moments, to me, I don't really care about like the future fight or any of that. And it's all those those little moments that really spoke to me. I really wish the book had looked better. I do think that was probably Stockman's better work compared to the, the, yeah, the I, five I, issues. I agree. <laughs> but still I just I can't I keep thinking like man give give Cena Grace and like Fiona Staples a book and Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but.
0: I mean for me this was I think you guys said everything that really needs to be said uh, you know they gave him sort of a, an oversized issue to, to tie up all the, the loose ends um, I'm just sort of glad they, they really gave Bobby human side and, and you know, in other books where Logan's talk about stabbing everybody and there's all this pain happening, it really feels like Bobby is kind of the heart of what the X-Men should be in this issue. It's not about fighting to fight. He's, like, helping and working things out. I mean, there's, there's some action, but that's not... The, he's, he's on the defensive because he's trying to solve problems in another way. And, and I just, it just feels like this is... This is the Bobby I'm going to be so sad. We're going to we're not going to see anymore. I, I love that he helped in, in throughout both runs and this book to sort of expand Bobby's use of his powers again. So he's not like a, a snowball boy anymore. He's he's like the 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 parts where he's battling his future self. They're using all these golems, but also he's like unforming his body as he's being shot. Like making a hole in his abdomen so that Ice can shoot through him and then reforming himself. Like, he's really evolved. Uh, I was just so happy to see him, like, able to use his powers in in interesting ways again. Uh, yeah, it's an ugly book, but it it's one we needed to have. And, um, you know, it's a sad end to, to Grace's run because it started off so, so well with that first uh, Iceman ongoing series. Um, but... Um, we know, and I'm not going to get into a bunch of details, but we know that Marvel uh, corporate doesn't want to have any LGBT representation in the books anymore. And uh, I don't know if you saw any of Grace's tweets, but he basically said he's never going to work with these Marvel people again. Um, but fortunately for him, he's got like four other books going out now. He's got like some Archie stuff and some Boom stuff that... And they're not, you know, tying his hands behind his back. So hopefully he'll be moving on to better and brighter things. But, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's an odd ending. It's, we, we got some things we really need to have, but it's in this awful package. So,
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, the whole, the whole thing is unfortunate. <laughs> Re- reading some of his tweets and some of his, um, responses and, and him even still taking a very high road on the whole thing. But I mean, it definitely kind of left a sour taste in my mouth just as far as you could tell a very, very distinct difference and I don't remember all my editor timeline, but the the freedom that seemed to be in the first volume of Iceman that seemed to completely disappear. Like he, It's like he was a different writer. Yeah, um, and even the stuff that really worked and shone through mm-hmm. felt like someone was trying to put a bag over his head. Um, and you know, I I'm inferring some things, and and maybe I'm I'm overstepping what I what I should be thinking, but I feel like he he took a not great working situation and still was able to deliver some level of quality and and that speaks to him pretty highly i think um you know he he spoke very highly of of stockman and and maybe he really likes him and maybe he likes his art too it kind of feels like though he just kind of got because that other guy didn't go do anything else
0: (laughs) from the first series
1: yeah yeah he's not he's not on a book like consistently that I know of, um, so it kind of just felt like, "Hey, here's what here's what you have to finish your series," because I guess we are contractually obligated to let you write this. I don't, I know it almost feels like, yeah, that's what it feels like. Like they, if they don't want the book, if no one wants the book, then I don't know. It's weird, but but I'm glad we got it. I'm glad we got what pieces of it we got because. Even with kind of the, the down, down art and, and obvious, what seems, I'm, I'm not there, what seems a very obvious interference uh, from editorial on what stories he could or couldn't tell, we still got some really good moments and I'm, I'm glad we got them. And, you know, I don't know, maybe he can do something similar with a different character on one of his new books and really, really let his personality shine.
2: You're here. Hi. Right,
1: oh, what well. do you guys, when, when you guys want to give the book overall?
2: Um, I'm going to give it four because the art does take it down a lot, but he delivers. Grace gave me fan service and heartwarming moments and telling Gene where to go, which was just delightful. <laughs> um, uh, I think. I think the writing really does punch up everything else and do you know what I can look past the ugly art just to have those moments so yeah 4
0: I guess I'm a little less forgiving of the artwork uh, on my end it's, it's a 3 out of 6 for me just because like, even flipping through it right now it was, it was quite painful to, to look at um, but a lot of great writing in, in there, great character moments things we wanted to see, it's just a shame that The other half of the book is less less appealing.
1: Yeah, I really struggle between a three and a four. Um, wanting to give it very, very high marks to the writing and wanting to give it very, very low marks to the art. <laughs> um, oh. uh, you know what? I know I don't normally allow this. I'm going to go three and a half. I'll let you guys <laughs> have your three and a four. Um, <laughs> I'm setting a bad precedent, but, but I do feel like I'm probably probably appropriate because I'm probably right in the middle of you guys anyway on it um, I, mean, I do think it was better art than the other five issues but it was still pretty bad um, and while it may not be Grace's fault you can definitely tell where the story got truncated a little bit so I think I think he did an excellent job of what he was given and allowed to do and like I said hopefully we'll see some some more stuff from him in other places, but yeah, I think I'll end up right right at a three and a half out of six, so uh, R.I.P. interesting Iceman, hopefully not. Maybe someone else will keep him doing some good stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Hmm. <laughs> Alright, well...
0: That was a downer.
1: <laughs> George, uh, I gave you probably the worst assignment of all three of us. Um... There's probably about a hundred Age of X-Men books that I'm just going to kind of let you... Why don't you just tell us, like, generally, direction, how close are we to solving this, and then you can talk about whatever you want to talk about.
0: How <laughs> well, close are we to solving it? Uh, yeah. I don't think we're close at all to solving <laughs> this. I, I guess these are these are five issues, so we're, we're two issues in on some of these and one issue in on on others. Um. I can go over just sort of like the general what what each book is doing.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: first, so I'll start with um, Marvelous um, Age of uh, X Men, the Marvelous X Men, which I find to be the most boring of the books.
1: I it's a snooze fest completely. I don't I don't even remember what happened. Yeah, there was they were like
0: fighting forest fire in the first issue, and then we're gonna see an extremist that. Um, that first fire was artificially created so that the X-Men could look like heroes. Um, that was the first issue. The second issue, uh, the uh, apocalypse comes out with his, his band of people who are like hippies, kind of. Uh, kind of culty, <laughs> saying like, you know, it's okay to love. And then the X-Men like observe... Um, They start getting flashbacks of the other universe and attack a a crowd, and then the X-Men go back to their mansion and sort of debate what they should be doing, which, like, this is written by Thompson, who's the the architect of this whole world, and it feels like he doesn't really understand what rules he's put in place and what he hasn't.
1: Oh my goodness. Like, so, like, are the X-Men finding Apocalypse? Are they not allowed to find him? Um, Do they want to... Stop him! Do they want to let him have his peaceful protest. Like it's it's all over the place. Well, there's that. But then there's also he kisses people,
0: and they talk about family, which has been outlawed, right? In other, in other books, but in this book, they're like, yeah, it's okay, just let him do it. And I'm, I'm I i do not understand what the rules are. Like if you're gonna, <laughs> the biggest thing with with genre, especially anything like science fiction, is these are the rules, and this is what you have to follow as your premise, and what's the story that you tell within that. But if you can't even follow the specific, the simple basic rules that you've, you've set up from the beginning. I don't know what to take from this. Right. Uh, so that's my problem with Marvelous. They don't really know what they're doing. Um, for the the Apocalypse book, it's... Uh, boy, I always confuse the names here. It's... Extracts. Um, the Extracts, because the there's the extremists and the Extracts. The Extracts, it looks like a bad, Saturday morning cartoon book. Artwork wise there's a lot of like weird eye placements it's kind of like poppy colored but it's not really well done and it's just like i'm apocalypse and these are these other x-men and we're gonna like form this cult to bring about love to the rest of the universe i didn't really enjoy this one either though i felt like it had a direction kind of Uh, a purpose where marvelous doesn't really feel like it has a purpose um Moving on to Prisoner X, it's really not worth your time at all. I I, I read it once, and I don't remember it, and I don't want to revisit it again. Um, Next Gen, I felt – I don't remember. Did we cover Issue 1 previously? Yeah, yeah, we have. Mm -hmm. So I felt like Issue 2 was a little bit better. I felt like the artwork was definitely better this time as well. Um, And we learned that uh, for some reason Globs-like slime prevents – his mind from being erased (laughs) that was
1: very weird
0: yeah and it's like it's not really explained well in the beginning and they come back to it at the end right it was just like an odd pacing issue uh but it felt like they explained a little bit more about what's going on and it stuck more to the rules and the artwork was a little bit better so i felt like issue two was uh not, not bad um and it looks like they didn't sort of un-gay all the characters. They kind yeah. of extend that a little yeah. bit better.
1: In my opinion, that was the closest of these series to having a good book.
0: <laughs> well, um, we've gotten to the last one, which I think is actually a good oh. book, which is Age of X-Man, The Amazing Nightcrawler. Um, I feel like the artwork on both of these issues is, is quite good. I felt, though the... The initial dialogue from Maguire is is kind of like stuck and boring. Mm-hmm. Once once it dives into the premise, this is the one book that actually explores the premise of what would life be like if you weren't allowed to have emotions or love people or be physical. This one actually explores that premise and gets into who Nightcrawler is and a potential what if you know romance with, with Megan. I felt like this was yeah, the most Yang Escalibros. Yeah. So this was the most interesting and well, like, um, not flourished, but well ex- expanded upon a uh, book uh, out of all of them. If if I was going to recommend you read one book, it would be the Nightcrawler book.
1: Maybe I need to read it again. <laughs>
0: uh, I mean, yeah. do you guys have other other thoughts? I mean, those are the basics. We yeah. can get into details you're if you really want
2: to. You're missing a book. Uh-oh. Extremist.
0: Number two. Oh, shit. Yeah, I didn't want to talk about that one. Um, <laughs> so is ugly artwork, both oh, first and exactly. second issues, I thought it was awful. Oh. Um, I feel like the first issue was kind of, it doesn't, the characters featured in that book don't match how the, those characters are acting in other issues, which was odd. Right. And then in issue two, it was kind of a jumble of words, especially in the beginning, uh, that didn't really signify anything. And then you find out that Blob is in love with Psylocke, um, even though he's part of the group that's not supposed to allow love. And then they've got this uh, rat mutant who's trapped in the basement and they do some very heavy handed like, but you're torturing me, don't you see it? And it's, I I, I don't know if this is supposed to be deep, but it felt like very overt and very like hit me over the head with, with ideas. Um, and that continues even further because Sila goes to visit Blob and there's just like Claremontian to the the nth degree here of just word bubbles all over.
1: <laughs> I like, it's like that
0: part. <laughs> it's, it's like you you quoting philosophy in the book of someone else doesn't mean that you made a deep book. It just means that you read someone else's important <laughs> stuff and thought that it was deep. Like this is this is and I, I feel like Williams is a better writer than this. Um, but this this felt like uh, just a jumble, just a mess. Um, and and c- compounding it is the fact that she said and she's been promising she's going to actually feature gay characters in the, in this book, but it's all talk on Twitter and no show because none of these characters really have any emotion except for like hate and rage. Um, and there's no love. There's no temptations of 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 like exploring any sexuality at all. It's just uh, evil police. Uh, but secretly, one of the police still has feelings, which is a premise we've had in like a million movies right. already anyway. It's just, it's not a good book. And even though she promises that issue four and five are going to change things around, I mean, to me, it just seems like a lot of talk and, and nothing, no follow through.
2: Wait and see, Georgie. Wait and see. Wait the it's same. the Marvel way.
0: Yeah. It's... I, I go ahead. I've talked a lot.
1: <laughs> no, I was going to say I, I actually kind of like the blob dialogue part. Um, it is a lot of words, but I really kind of like like poetic, sensitive blob. I don't know. It, it struck a chord of me. Um, well,
0: like if you want to make that, I have no issue with. Like him being that character, that's fine.
1: Yeah. But the
0: rest of the. <laughs> I mean, can you tell me, what's Jubilee's personality like in this book?
1: Uh, she is the pushover, right? She's the one that, that thinks what's going on is wrong, but she's not going to do anything about it because she doesn't want to rock the boat. I mean, I don't know if she's said enough in the book
0: to even communicate <laughs> that. I feel like you're, you're reading a lot into what's actually in
1: the page there. No, there's... I've, most of these books, If if this is a world where personality has been outlawed all the writers have taken that to heart <laughs> um this is a bland universe of bland characters um i i'll give nightcrawler another try because you, you seem to like it or get more out of it than i did maybe it was just i was in a bad mood i don't know um i i really struggle to get through most of these age of x-men books um Some of them get quite wordy and not in a way that's interesting. Um, I really, really didn't like, uh, you know, since this is the podcast that goes snick, Laura has nothing to do when she finally kind of sniffs out, oh, I have a sister, and then just immediately gets brainwashed. They might come back to that, I hope, maybe. Um, I really did not like Gabby's personality in Prisoner X, which sucks because I love Gabby. Um, mm-hmm. But she was just... And it wasn't that... I don't know. I mean, I know this is a different... It's a, it's a dark mirror or whatever. It does not. Um, but she was just mean. And just... It was like a complete opposite personality, more than a different twist personality. You know what I mean? Like... Oh. And that, that I don't really like, like you take, like the blob thing it, Obviously, in our universities, it's kind of gross, but if you take the insecure thing and then just change and tweak a little bit, maybe you can get to a sensitive poetic guy who has lots of books, but the office is just really kind of nebbish or whatever. And pulling his, pulling his job. Um, but to go from Gabby, who is super fun-loving, almost saccharine sweet, um, and just make her like uber witchy—I don't know—that as, as a huge fan of the character, that felt a little off-putting.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and what could have been plot-wise, one of the more interesting books—you know, Bishop going to jail, where all the all the people who have seen things—then you got Beast, who's also like way out of character.
2: um, Especially that, when they're,
1: they're all supposed, supposed to be, like,
2: in there because they've shown human emotion in a good, I'll be right. together with people. Like,
1: <laughs> right. Aren't these
2: just, like, loving, caring people? Or are they all just psychopaths?
1: Right. Yeah. Or did Beast keep hugging people even after he got in jail so they've just electroshocked him and lobotomized him so much that he's a monster? I mean, but then tell us that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I I I'm, I'm sorry I'm making you guys read all of these. I think they're pretty terrible. Oh well, don't be sorry, Jason.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not your fault that these books are being released.
2: <laughs> oh man.
0: Um Dan, do you have any thoughts on these books?
2: Um, I do. I have I have words I wrote. Um I'll I'll be quick. Um I kind, of echoes, I, kind of echoes. Um so, blanderous X-Men um, is what I call it from <laughs> now on. Um, the, the the script is kind of like watching those dummies in shop windows do nothing but think they're moving. You know, when you like look at them like, is that moving? that's kind of what the script is like. The art is very clean and kind of goes with the very... Uh, I really like the fact that the, the art is stripped away of emotion because at least the artist's got it right. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I quite like the book in that sense. But it's, it's, it's like literally watching paint dry, but even that's more entertaining. Anyway, um, Apocalypse is maybe my favourite one, the Apocalypse one, because it felt like there was some sort of life to it. Um, but it could kill itself in the next issue for all I know. Um, like it felt like it had the most potential to be entertaining. Um, The art is vibrant, and yes, it's ugly, but at least it's at least it has at least I elicit an emotion towards it. (laughs) Right, Um, (laughs) like it's possibly the most fun one because it just seems so stupid, and I feel like the writers were very tongue in cheek about it, and I was like, okay, I can maybe get behind it, but then if you become, I don't know, it might get worse. Um, Prison X kind of super forgettable. It's essentially like what if the X Men did odds, but what we're doing really is that song from (laughs) Chicago. Like um, I mean, um, uh, um, kind of what just happened? That's that. That is literally prisoner X, isn't it? It's like we kind of just dropped the ball immediately. I, I couldn't care less if any of these people die, live, or whatever. And it's amazing because some of those. Ca- and can we not send the black guy to prison, please? Could it have not been anyone else? Um. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, d- I think these characters in this prison are the most interesting, some of the most interesting ex-characters. You've got a Bishop, uh, Polaris, you've got Beast. I know everyone hates Beast at the moment, but he's still kind of fascinating. Gabby yeah. you know, all of these characters could have been like, boom, boom, bang, 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 massive, awesome sort of thing. And Forge being the dictator, which Forge is always someone's puppet, it seems. Um, mm. So, like, it would have been an interesting book, but it's totally waste potential. Uh, next gen, um, my... Uh, personal feelings or my personal it's almost loathing now of glob it's probably coloring my um <laughs> my, my experience um his human wax body um it's a good idea but i don't know i feel like glob and blob oh wow yes yeah, that does run um, they're the same character now um in this universe and um I just remember when Glob was set on fire at a riot at Scavy's school, and that was literally his character personality. He was set on fire and sent out to run after people. Um, (laughs) That's all I remember and like it just feels like um you can tell that it's a pet project for brisson because the character because it is just he is the best thing ever look at how emotional he is please love him i wasn't loved as a child either you know that kind of thing that's how, it, that's, how that's how it like that's how it really comes you're out. on fire today dan <laughs> Art- artistically the second issue uh, might as well be a masterpiece compared to the rest of these books but um the second <laughs> Is it is really good. Like, I feel like it's wasted, it, it's almost wasted material is that, all over is the that floor.
1: That toe on that book. Marcus Toe Has he the one doing that one?
2: Um, I think so. It, he yeah. it it, it did a really good job. I'm I'm a bit iffy about cults, especially when it involves gay characters and cults, because that seems to be a thing that's happening in all TV show at the moment. But I'm iffy about cults because you read Apocalypse and it's not cult culty as it is in Next Gen, where it's like let's sit around and pray and like burn. But they are sort of, like, part of his cult, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, it's like... His cult seems a bit more free singing free-swinging no, sixty.
0: They, they, they're breathing in all, all, everything he's he's pouring
2: out, though, in next-gen. I suppose so. I do like the fact that they're breathing in a mutant. That kind of is interesting. Um, well, it is interesting if you don't remember, like, Sublime or, um, like, all of the other living, inhaling...
1: <laughs> right. But, anyway... Um,
2: Moving on, extremis is um, the first issue. I, I think we covered, but the, the art's really messy, especially when people um, articulate. It's almost like um, they're spitting like all the time, especially and even when they're not in angry poses. It like they're I don't know what could be endearing moments sort of are a, a broken by the art. And yes, I cannot get past the fact that Blob looks like the editor of Experiment, the extremis. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Georgie, for that. Um, and though I agree with both of you completely that um, a sensitive, nice blob, that scene um, played out in, in a different way would be sweet. But I also agree that it's so overwrought and so, like, look how deep I am. Yes, <laughs> yes. Moths. let's have a talk about moths for five panels. Um, you know what I mean? That's great if I cared. But you know, you just fling, you just you just kind of like fling it in there straight away, and then um, it really is out of place with everything else in the issue. Yes, because like you've got I'm being tortured. I don't mind. In halfway through, you know, half halfway through, you've got that crazy new character who's basically a fascist, and then at the beginning, you've got Bobby and Jean Paul don't give a crap about anything. Oh yes, Bobby picks up Silo because hug. But we're, a, we're we are the people that are supposed to stop people from getting picked up underground. So All you right. know. Who gives a shit? Anyway, um, Nightcrawler, I am not with you, Georgie. I find it rudderless. Like, it feels like there's wow. no story. Um, I, f- I feel like there's no story. It is just character-driven, which is fair. Uh, the first issue is literally a blank page. Like,
1: yeah, I don't remember anything from the first one. Um, I, I, I can't recall much.
2: Um, though I will agree with you that it is the only book that has actually dealt with any of the issues uh, regarding family. Um intimacy and general emotion which is weird because he's in films where he's eliciting emotions well yeah that's that's my
0: question i was like reading it and there's there's posters in his room about him being in like titanic and other movies and he's kissing and these posters and i'm like so once again the rules are that if you're a movie star you can like do it for the movies but you're not supposed to do it in real life. But if you're not supposed to do it in real life, why are we fantasizing about when? I was, was going to say. So this? is the
1: movie supposed to replace? Like, oh, just watch these, and that's your emotions. It hey, would seem baby. like that would incite emotion,
2: right? It does have like one of the greatest, one of the goodest, the goodest, the best the scenes of the whole Age of X Men, is um where he talks to a little boy which reminds him why he's an X-Man, which I thought yeah. was really sweet. Yeah, yeah, And it felt it felt the most like Kurt. And this is the only book where the character sort of is alter- alternate, but still could be seen through a lens as our Kurt that we know. Right. Um, and, and, and the Excalibur fan service, which I do love those two together. And I really do think that they should be together probably at one point. But I just feel like this is the wrong book to have that <laughs> um, exchange. I get what you're saying, Georgie. I just I'm I'm just not going sit down with it. But on on the whole, Age of Eczema is um basically yeah, crap. Uh-huh. it's very meh, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, um <laughs> Sorry about that. we're we're a bunch of grumpy gusses today. I, don't, I I think the highest is Dan's four on <laughs> Internet. Um well real quick I know Georgie, we gotta we gotta get out of here. But um, Domino and the Hot Shots, Mr. And Mrs. X, thumbs up or the thumbs down? Go. Uh, thumbs up. I enjoyed it. Yeah, thumbs. I liked them both. Thumbs up for me, both of them, Georgie. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 that classic.
0: Well, I guess not classic, but it's the uh, the contemporary problem that all the team books for X Men are kind of not hitting the marks, but the single issues. Whether the the single character focused or you know pair focused books are allowed to breathe and, and explore the characters and use they they actually attract some good artists so it's quite amazing how how this works I feel like you know a long time ago it was very opposite like I you put all the great artists on Uncanny and then someone else does a mini as like a way to work themselves up to like the the upper tier books but now it's like right. all the great artists don't want to be on these uh, the team books. I don't get it.
2: You think Marvels lost the script on team books? I, I think, think it's the schedule. Just in general, I think, I think it's, it's, it's the bi monthly schedule is killing um, decent decent arts artists. Like, yeah, we're just getting we're getting people who can get the work done, which isn't that's not a dig at them. They're like you have great artists that can do like two, two a month. But I feel like they they're getting people that they might be able to get cheaper as well. Yeah, the more, more, more pages they pay out a month.
1: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. So, Alright. Well Well dear listeners, tune in next time as we uh try to find gold in the turds. Um Wow. <laughs> Alright, well guys, uh thank you for coming on and uh and swogging through this with me. Um where can people find you guys? Um, you can find us on Twitter, at Excalibur's one um, Through there, you can find us
2: on our Podbean, and then you can also find us by Sketches, and you'll, we'll be on iTunes, and Stitcher, and everywhere else you can hear things. Google
0: Play, etc., etc. Yeah, we should be on everything.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it's worth pointing out that we just uh, included Generation X
1: yeah, in, so our, you guys in our are, lineup. You guys are breaking me down. You're really making me want to read that, and I was going to wait until <laughs> I Till I got there in my uh, in my flashback read through, but I don't know if I can. You guys make it sound so good. Um, <laughs> oh, this vocal
2: artwork, man, is unbelievable. Yeah, it's because because the present day stuff is garbage. So like,
1: <laughs> right by comparison, yeah. So definitely, guys, go listen to Dan and Georgia talk about Excalibur, the old exile, since the new one got canned, and um generation x um and they are you know mostly pretty positive on that show so go hear them uh, have some good books to talk about <laughs> <laughs> you know if it's a good book we're, we yeah right we're positive about it yeah, it's just... you know case in point when georgie was on the flashback very recently
2: oh yeah well,
1: we both had a ton of great things to say so it's all about the content don't blame us <laughs> Jason, before we go, um, I know that you just saw Captain Marvel recently. Yes, I did. Do you have any any non spoiler things you wanted to share about that? Should go see it, man. Um, I thought it was really good. Me and Ethan both had a lot of fun. Um, you know, it, it's not to me. If you just break down like the plot from point A to B to C to whatever, it's not like on the same level as like a Winter Soldier to me, but. There's so much heart and character in that book, and and whether you want to get political or not, I, I think the message of the movie is so just delightful. Um, I was just, I was I was not only enjoyed seeing it with Ethan, but I was proud that I took him to see it. Um, I, I think it's you know the kinds of movies that that we need our, our youngins to watch. So I, I thought it was really good. Nice. And then lastly. I don't mean to
0: hijack your podcast. No, no, go for it. um, And I'm the one that put the time constraint on. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Did you guys hear about the... uh, Looks like New Mutants is still searching for a a release, maybe? (laughs) Oh, wow. Bless its soul. Someone someone tweeted out that the first trailer came out November of 2017.
1: Oh, gosh. Did it? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's um,
2: never going to be released. <laughs> Disney might release it as a video, right, on their, a on their
1: streaming service. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, an actual VHS.
2: They'll release oh. it on
1: VHS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you said that. Uh, sorry, Georgie. Um, so back to Captain Marvel. My only like little wish is because they got like all the '90s music in there. I could have gone for. Some kind of 90s film wash. And so, like, you know, kind of make, like, more oh. uh, an homage to, like, 90s filmmaking in some places. Mm-hmm. But then I think, but it might be out of place unless they do it the whole time. So it's probably a bad idea. But, well, I don't know. I just, I thought, I had that thought when I was thinking about, like, the soundtrack and mm-hmm. and how kind of 90s it felt, but the movie didn't feel 90s. So I don't know. Right. Right. Um, right. But anyway, that's a very, very, very tiny. Tiny, like oh, what if um, quibble? But but overall, really loved it. And um, I don't, I don't know. Dark Phoenix looks Glib. Yeah, <laughs> man.
0: So, well, Shazam is decidedly not Glib.
1: Oh yeah. So I got to ask you, Georgie, because um, there's movies that do this and movies that don't. So I'm not a huge fan of Shazam in the comics. Mm-hmm. Is this the kind of movie? Uh, trying to think of a good example. Okay. So I, I really like Thor in the comics a lot. Now I did not used to, for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I didn't like it. The first movie kind of made me go, Oh, well, this is what he's kind of about. I can kind of get behind that. And then found that there's actually even better representations of him throughout his whole comics history. Um, so is this the movie? Is this like a change your mind about a character movie? Or is it I really only like it more if I already like it?
0: I don't think you really have to know anything about Shazam okay, to enjoy cool. the movie. It's it's very much like what would a little kid do if he was suddenly a superhero kind of movie. Right. Okay, It's it's cool. a lot of fun. I can't believe the number of jokes and funny moments are in this movie. It's completely the opposite of every other DC movie you've ever seen. <laughs> um, there's a, some a tonal Weirdness and there's uh, kind of an uncomfortable amount of swearing. I was surprised <laughs> about
1: like an '80s kids movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I had a blast. I, if you guys have a chance, there's so much to talk about that movie uh, compared to Captain Marvel. I think, uh, but uh, if you have a chance to go see it, you should go see it.
2: Awesome. Also, you should you should read Jeff, Jeff Smith's uh, Captain uh, Shazam, or it'll be Captain Marvel. The guy, that obviously, who just bone, he, he, he made a um, mini-series, and it's amazing and the only one you need to ever read about okay. the character.
1: So awesome. I'll keep that in mind. All right, so go listen to Excalibros. Uh, for, yeah. the po- for the podcast that goes Snick. you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. And until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye bye.
0: Bye-bye.
1: Thanks, guys. And snacked.